We're glad you're here, and I want to welcome you, and I want to just take a moment to to read to you from the scripture this morning is uh, the book of Genesis in chapter 12. The Lord said to Abram, go from your country, your people, and your father's household to the land I will show you. I will make you into a great nation, and I will bless you. I will make your name great and make you a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and whoever curses you, I will curse, and all the people on earth will be blessed through you. So Abram went as the Lord had told him, and Lot went with him. Abram was 75 years old when he set out for Haran. He took his wife Sarai, his nephew Lot, all the possessions they had accumulated, and the people they had acquired in Haran, and they set out for the land of Canaan, and they arrived there. Abram traveled through the land as far as the site of the great tree of Morah at Shechem. At that time, the Canaanites were in the land. And the Lord appeared to Abram and said, To your offspring I will give this land. And so he built an altar there to the Lord who had appeared to him. And from there he went on toward the hills east of Bethel, pitched his tent with Bethel on the west and I on the east. And there he built an altar to the Lord and he called on the name of the Lord, and then Abram set out and continued toward the Negev. Now, in in my Bible, and probably in yours, right above that passage of Scripture is the heading, the call of Abram. And so, you know, we we talk about calling, about how God calls people. And a lot of times we think about that in you know, relation to being a, a pastor or a missionary or something like that. And we, we think about how, how God calls you, but, but God calls all of us. I mean, God calls all of us to do certain things with our lives. Um, and and the, the question always is, how do, you, how do you know for sure what God is calling you to do? How do you know that it's God's call that it's God's voice and not just some undigested food you ate yesterday uh, that's keeping you awake at night. And, and you wonder, is, is this really God speaking to me? Is God really calling me? I have a friend who's a pastor, and he said that he knew God called him to preach when he woke up one morning craving fried chicken and didn't want to go to work. So, uh, so that's how he understood it. Um, first of all, I want to say that God calls people to do all kinds of things. God doesn't just call, you know, biblical characters and preachers and missionaries. God God calls people into every vocation because everywhere there are people who need to know God's love. And and sometimes the only people who they're going to be able to learn that from are the people they work with. And so God calls people into all kinds of different vocations um, because God needs people in every different vocation. As a matter of fact, the word vocation means calling. And, and people who have a vocation are so much happier than people who have a job. Because if you're doing what you feel you're called to do, if you're doing what you feel you were created to do, it just makes a difference in how you approach everything. And, uh, you know, I'm someone who is very, uh, I'm well aware of how fortunate that I am because I have a sense of calling I have a vocation. Um, you know, I really believe that this is what I'm supposed to do with my life. And so, um, you know, everybody's call is different. Uh, but for me, uh, I was uh, a teenager. I was in high school, and it was during the winter. And in my house, 
Uh, we didn't have central heat. We had a coal heater that was in the back bedroom. And that was the only heat in the house. And so in that back bedroom, it got really, really hot. <laughs> and in the rest of the house, it just stayed cold. So however cold it was outside, it was cold inside. And uh, I remember many times when we go to bed at night, um, we had electric blankets. And uh, my mother believed in those. And so about 20 minutes before you went to bed, you'd go turn them on. And so when you got ready to go to bed, then, you know, the, it would be kind of toasty warm in there. But then you had to turn them off because one caught on fire once. And so my mother was afraid of them. So, uh, so after you warmed up the bed, you had, before you got into it, you had to turn them off and unplug them. And then you would lay there under the electric blanket and about 20 pounds of quilts. Um, and it would be warm under there. And I went to sleep many a night with that feeling, that warmth underneath the cover, and yet I could still see my breath uh, above the, the cover at night uh, or in the room. Uh, but then, we, we had, like I said, we had that back bedroom that had a heater in it. And most, most of my family wouldn't go back there because it got so hot. And no matter how cold you were, if you went back there, you would sweat. But I have always preferred heat to cold. I guess that's why I ended up in Florida. Uh, so I would go back there when nobody else wanted to go back there. And uh, I would go back there and sleep in, the, in that room. And I'm, I assume now that's why I always had a tan during the winter. <laughs> but I was back there and uh, I was laying on the bed and the, the, the heater would kind of turn red. And then it would cast these shadows that would kind of dance on the wall. And I remember just laying there in bed. I was thinking, I was praying, I was thinking, I'm going to graduate. And what am I going to do with my life? And I was kind of watching those shadows, and I didn't hear an audible voice or anything, but it just became crystal clear to me. You know, your relationship with God has changed your life. It's been the most important thing that's happened to you. What better thing could I do than tell other people? <laughs> what better thing could I do with my life than tell other people that God loves them and that God can make a difference in their life? And so, like I said, I didn't hear any audible voice or anything, but, you know, right then and there, I felt an absolute peace and a sense of purpose, and this, this is what I'm going to do. This is what I felt God was calling me to do. And so I felt called, and, and so did Abram. Um, you know, God's very first call is described in the first chapter of Genesis, where God called creation into existence. God spoke the word, and, and everything uh, came into being, the earth, the sun, the moon, the water, the plants, the animals, and, and finally, uh, humans came into being. God called all creation into being. And then you know the story. Uh, people turned away from God, and things kind of got messed up. Creation uh, that was meant to be lush and beautiful and fruitful forgot its calling forgot its baptism, and it became broken and, and barren. And for a long time, people lived in this broken, barren world, just scraping by as best they could. And then God called Abram because he wanted Abram to change things. He, he wanted um, Abram, uh, to, he called him to a specific task. Because in this broken world, God wanted Abram to create a community of people who knew God and followed God. He wanted to create a community where there was hope 
and where there was peace and, and where there was purpose and where there was love. And so God called Abram to that. And uh, in order, uh, you know, for Abraham to, to do this, he had to leave where he was. And so God made him move from Haran into this new land. And, and so Abram had to leave what he was comfortable with and what he was familiar with. You know, I've noticed that's often the way God works. When God calls us, he calls us out of our comfort zones uh, to do things that, that we aren't always comfortable with, to, to learn to love people that, we, that aren't like us. And, uh, and, and that's what he did with Abraham, with Abram, and that's what he did with us. So God made this promise to Abram. Uh, and, and later on, his name is Abraham, but now it's, it's Abram. Uh, it was a promise of blessing. It was a promise of purpose. And if you look at that passage, God uses the, the noun I five times. God says, I am going to do this, Abram. I'm going to do this through you. And so God wants to make it absolutely clear that this new community, this new nation that Abram that's going to form through him is going to be God's doing, not Abram's. God's going to do this through him. And so here's the thing about the whole story of Abram. There is not one good reason God should have called Abram to do this. If you want to start a new nation with a great number of people, why would you call a guy who had no children, was past childbearing age, and owned no land where you wanted to start a nation? Abram had absolutely nothing to offer to what God wanted to do. He was unqualified. He was an outsider. And yet God called Abram. And here's the thing that I think is so cool is Luke, uh, the, the person who wrote the gospel of Luke, he picked up on this. He picked up on how God chooses these people who are outside and who don't have the right gifts to do incredible things. And throughout his gospel, he gives examples and he reminds us that they are descendants of Abram. Um, for example, in Luke chapter 1, uh, Mary uh, had, had this little soliloquy, these words that she speaks when she and Elizabeth run into each other and they're both expecting. Uh, we call it the Magnificat. Uh, we read it usually during Advent's Mary's song. And uh, in these verses, uh, Mary talks about how God is going to bring down, um, you know, the, those who are, are high and, and lift up those who are low. And uh, God's going to feed those who are empty and send away those who are full. And then in verse 55, to Abraham and his descendants forever, even as he said to our fathers. So Abraham, the original Mr. Unqualified, <laughs> the original outsider, the original guy who has not much to offer, and then every unqualified outsider that comes after him, just like Mary, God reaches out and calls them. And then in chapter 13, Luke tells the story of uh, Jesus teaching in a synagogue on the Sabbath. And there was a woman there, and she had been bent over for 18 years. She was not someone anybody was going to call on to do anything. She would have been considered unqualified. She would have been considered outside of those that God would want to call and use. And yet, in verse 16, after healing her, Then should not this woman, a daughter of Abraham, whom Satan has kept bound for 18 long years, be set free on the Sabbath? 
from what bound her? Jesus called her a daughter of Abraham. He didn't call her that because she was Jewish. He called her that because, like Abraham, she was unqualified. She was an outsider. She didn't have anything to offer. And yet God reached out to her. And then in chapter 16, there's the story of Lazarus. Not the Lazarus that Jesus raised from the dead, but the one who was a poor beggar. The Lazarus who lay at the gates of a rich man. And uh, in the story Jesus tells, the rich man seemed to be only concerned about himself, not really concerned about God or anybody else. And then Lazarus, laying outside his gate, dies. And the rich man dies too. And uh, in, uh, in verse 22, the time came when the beggar died and the angels carried him to Abraham's side. The rich man also died and was buried. So who, who went to Abraham's side? It was Lazarus because he was like Abraham. He was unqualified too. He was an outsider. No one would have chosen him. He was one of Abraham's offspring. So he goes and is by Abraham's side. And they spend eternity together. And then finally, one of my favorite stories in the Bible is the story of Zacchaeus. You know, he was the, the guy who, the tax collector who worked for the Romans. And uh, everybody hated him. He was certainly unqualified. He was certainly an outsider. He was an outcast. And yet Jesus chose to go to his home. And while he's there, Zacchaeus, changed, his whole life has changed. And he, he gives his life to God. He promises to give back to those he's cheated. And then in verse 9, Jesus said to him, Today salvation has come to this house because this man too is a son of Abraham. He's another unqualified outsider who had no chance. But God has called him for no reason of his own, simply because of God's grace. So there's Abram, the original outsider, whom God chose for no reason. And then there's this long line of others throughout the scripture that God did the same thing. Now, according to uh, Frederick Beekner, a shlemiel is a person who goes through life spilling their soup on other people. A shlemazel is the person who gets the soup spilled on them. Abram was a shlemazel. He went through life, everybody spilling their soup on him, always getting the, the, the bad end of the deal. He had nothing to offer but his faith. And it turns out that was enough. It's hard to think of Abram's call without thinking of our own. And you may think that since you're not a biblical character or a preacher or a missionary that you dodged the bullet, but you'd be wrong. Because God calls every single unqualified schlamazel among us. He calls us to love those around us, to create a community where people are loved, where there is hope, where there is peace, where there is grace. And he calls us not because of our qualifications. He calls us so when it's done, we will know there's no way we could have achieved that without God. And in order, um, you know, he, he, he's called every one of us here to be people who help create that kind of community. And for us, that kind of community is the church. 
And more specifically, for us, it's St. Paul. Because this is where God has called us. And God has called us to make this that kind of place. And in order for that to happen, then we've got to be like Abram and and be willing to go on a journey and uh, leave where we're comfortable and be willing to reach out and do things that maybe are different for us, to learn to love those people around us who are different from us, to to befriend the folks we work with and we go to school with, help them discover that God loves them and wants to make a difference in their life. And and like Abraham, for us, it's a journey. It's not a one-time commitment that we can stand up and say one time and that's it. But each day we have to get up and decide we're going to follow God today. We're going to put one foot in front of the other and we're going to let God use us to create this community of love and hope and grace. And it's It's not easy, and it's a long journey, but it's full of joy and beauty and mystery. And we will never see everything that God has in store, just like Abram. He never saw the end result of what God told him. But we enjoy our peace along the way. The part that we get to do, the part that we get to play. And one day God looked down at a man named Abram. His clothes were wrinkled. He had soup on his tie. And God said, I want you. I'm calling you to help create this community that I want. And Abram smiled that crooked grin that he had, and he agreed because he believed that God probably knew what God was talking about. And today... God is looking at you. And God isn't interested in how qualified you are or unqualified you are. God isn't interested if you're an insider or an outsider. But God is calling you to have a relationship with God, to know God's grace, to know God's love, to know that God is with you. And God wants you to be a part of creating this community where there is hope and where there is love and where there is grace. God has called you. And what you do with it is your choice. Amen.